Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode two of the Downrange podcast. I am Cody, your host. Before we get to today's guest, I want to first thank everybody who listened to episode one, who watched the video online, who liked, subscribed, sent me a DM, followed up with email. It's truly been an overwhelming experience. The level of support and feedback that I've received is something that I truly did not imagine happening. And I knew as hesitant as I was telling my story and being open and vulnerable about it, I knew that I had to be the first one to do it if I wanted others to follow suit. When you put yourself in that position, and I've never put myself there before, you never know what to resp- what to expect the feedback to be. So I cannot thank you guys enough for both being super receptive, positive, but ultimately already turning those stories and generating new leads and recommendations for me. So just like I finished the first episode with, if you guys have a story that you know of, both your personal story or somebody that you recommend, reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, or send me an email at Cody at nolayingup.com and we'll get it sorted. Thank you. Today's guest is Kyle Westmoreland. He's a 2014 U.S. Air Force Academy grad. Kyle's story is a little bit different. He did five years of active duty and now he's a professional golfer. His story and how golf has played into his life is just a secondary act of what he truly is. And that's being a fantastic representation of the veteran community. Enjoy. Kyle Westmoreland from Katy, Texas. Correct. Yeah. West side of Houston. I actually, uh, until junior high, seventh, eighth grade, I lived in a little town called Cleburne, Texas, right outside of Fort Worth, kind of in the middle of the Fort Worth and Waco. So you probably, if you've been to Fort Worth or been to Austin or been to, flew into Dallas, drove to Austin, it was somewhere in the middle. But it was awesome. And then went to high school in Katy and and then out to Colorado for a good old kick in the butt. So, so what was Kyle like growing up? I mean, you obviously played a ton of sports. You're a huge dude. So I, I imagine that golf wasn't the only sport that you played growing up. No, yeah, I, I played them all. You know, golf was very much like a summertime hobby. My parents didn't play golf. It was basically my little babysitter. So we had a little municipal track in Cleburne. It was two bucks to go play. You know, that was my daycare. My mom would drop me off and give me five bucks. I'd, you know, pay, spend two to go play and two on maybe a ball or in a sandwich or something at the time and then bet the other one with the old guys. So, so from the time I was about, you know, eight, 10 golf's what I did in the summertime. So, uh, other than that, I played main sport with baseball, um, and then played basketball and football as well. So, so played them all, but love golf, love getting out there, you know, love doing it. And, and I think it actually uh correlates with the military a little bit. And I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. The other crazy thing about it is that, like, you know, starting golf at a young age, you obviously had had to have friends out there that were doing it with you because it's hard for a young kid to just go out there and spend all day long pounding balls, chasing rocks and, and trying to stay out of all the old guys way. But I don't know if you had, uh, you know, anybody that started with you that really 
made it so it was a good hang throughout, but I, I did. So I had, I had a couple of buddies that go out to the course with me. I drag them out with me. My mom typically didn't, you know, and, and without, with not having a babysitter using golf as a babysitter, she always wanted me to have a buddy. So, so I had a, had drug some friends out, they played and uh, most of them don't play anymore. Got it. We're, you know, took into other sports and get out and play recreationally. But, uh, but yeah, I, fortunate to have a lot of friends playing golf and then you know the old guys taught me how to put a nap all less learn that playing that pretty early um, so makes you want to win especially if you don't have the money you're gambling with no absolutely i mean did uh did your mom and dad ever pick up the game then no no they still don't play they, they love coming out and watching and my mom would care less you know i could shoot 100 shoot 65 doesn't matter to her uh, dad's super into it. You know, he wants me to do well, but never, never took up the game. My grandpa is the only one that, uh, I played in the summertime that I'd, I'd go, you know, if I wasn't at home, I'd go spend a month with him each summer and he played, that was his hobby. So that's how I got, got into tournament golf. He, he got, he knew I had the bug and signed me up for these little junior tournaments. He actually lived in Houston. So I grew up playing junior golf in Houston, even though I lived in Dallas and, uh, right. That, that whole crew was pretty dang good now, you know. Oh, yeah. That's Jordan Spieth was a, a year behind me, and Corey Witsit was the same year. And, you know, there's a lot of – Johannes Bierman was a good buddy of mine. He's doing some stuff on the European tour now. So, that whole crew that we kind of grew up with playing in Texas has is, is moved on and done some pretty cool stuff. So, uh, thankful for, you know, junior golf organizations. I think it was uh, like Texas Legends Junior Tour or something like that, or Texas Junior Golf Tour or something. But – uh Right. But yeah, grew up playing. Grandpa loves it. He's 84 years old, just got his 13th hole in one. So no way. That's awesome. Yeah. He's still, he's still playing. He's still getting after it. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, good. I guess, you know, from junior golf and, and, you know, successful high school career, did a little research there, but obviously, you know, led your team captain for, for a long time, if not all four years, definitely three of those years won quite a few tournaments and then, you know, when did the transition to looking into colleges and, and how did that process kind of go for you? Yeah, it was great. You know, I was fortunate to to have some opportunities to go play places. Most people that come out of Texas don't leave Texas. So growing up, you know, I was a big Texas Longhorn fan and uh, that's where I wanted to go. So, you know, until the end, I thought, you know, Hey, if I, if I need to, I'll go and, and be a walk on at Texas or something like that. But uh, did like an unofficial a very unofficial to LSU and, and quickly realized I wasn't good enough to play there and, and stuff. So, so I was, I was a little bit behind the eight ball, you know, I was really rocking out of high school and, and to be able to have opportunities to go play places, you know, that was the goal at the time. So looked at the smaller schools in Texas and on you know, on a whim, air force coach came out to turn and said, Hey, why don't you come out and visit? And thought for sure I wouldn't go there, but I, I wanted to go see it. Just, you know, it was in Colorado. It was a cool trip and just want to go see what it was about. And, Went there on parents weekend, which, you know, if you didn't go to a military academy, that doesn't mean anything for you. But that's when all the parents come out. There's no training going on. It's like, you know, you're in this little paradise up in the mountain. Loved it. You know, I loved the structure. thought it, was, it would be a challenge. And, and for me, you know, it wasn't like it was probably the worst golf school I visited um, as far as teams go. <laughs> yeah. But it was the best it was the best academic school. And I thought, hey, you know after talking to my family and friends and mentors, like, Hey, you know, golf works out great. You know, going to military school, that's not the priority, but it's the best school I could have gotten into. So we chose it for the school. We chose it for the coaches and because it'd be a challenge. And 
and a little structure was probably good for me. You know, I had a, I, I had some fun in high school as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. so it was, it was a good, a good time for me. And, and, you know, going to, going to an academy, you know, fast forwarding a little bit, your first year is kind of kicking the butt, you know, you get there, you go straight into basic and it's a real awakening, but as with any military time, you know, you, you go there for one reason, you stay because your buddies and you have a good time doing it. Right. One day at a time prior to the coach meeting you and everything like that. Was there ever any thought of the military or, or going and looking at academies? No, no, not, not at all. Not at all. Was the military not, part of your life at all? No, no. My, my grandpa, the same one that played golf was a Marine pilot. So I guess, you know, maybe in the back of my mind, there was something right. about, about that, but you know, I, no, it was just on a, on a whim. It was like, Hey, you know, call, this is great. Great opportunity. Love the school, love the coaches and colleges paid for. So right. why not, you know, why go do it? You're going to get a shot to play. I think that's the most important thing here. And if you have a dream, you're going to find whatever way possible to, in order to, you know, keep, keep driving to it. So it makes complete sense to me. A lot of people don't understand it, but I mean, it's not bad. And it's a really good return on that investment that you're putting in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was, it was awesome. Like you said, you know, the biggest thing is going in and getting reps. Like I could have gone probably walked on to Texas and I don't even know if, if, you know, coach would have given me a shot, right? Like he had bigger guys and bigger fish in the water guys that he had on scholarship. And in, in my mind, of course, I'm like, Hey, well, I would have earned it. I would have been there, you know, right. I would have been on the team, but, but I don't know. I went to air force and, you know, played every event and had one of the, you know, two of the best coaches in, in college golf coach Corey kind of did the administrative stuff, understood the military side. He's the head coach. He was the Academy grad. He gets it. And then uh, Chris Wilson, who's now coach at KU. I mean, he is one of the best player development coaches out there. So he walked, my first 2000 holes of golf for me because I had a lot of speed, didn't have a lot of a uh, great decision-making ability at the time, but, but we got better and we got better because we, you know, we're able to play a lot and we're able to get in, in the game. If you, if you don't get in the game, you don't know how good you are. So, right. So I had a, had a good experience with that. Everybody's got a good recruiter story of how they got into the military. It just is a little bit different with yours. Cause I, I mean, the coaches are the ones recruiting you. So if you can think back to what they actually told you and what you actually lived through, I mean, hundred oh, percent. I didn't, I didn't know there was anything after basic training at the, <laughs> at the air force Academy. So I thought, Hey, you go in it's eight weeks of basic, right? Knock that out. And then you're gone. You're a normal student, do normal things. And <laughs> me being, you know, Texas, not, you know, very, I would say like a pretty confident kid yeah. uh, phys physically. Right. I wasn't worried about it. And I didn't realize that like, Hey, that, the physical part, like the basic training piece last for eight weeks. And then you've got, you know, another year of, yeah, you're still running your ass around what, for a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> smoked, running around smoked everywhere you turn. Yeah. And, and you know, memorization pieces and waking up early. And I was like, man, you know, we, <laughs> I was about three months in, we were at a tournament and coach Corey and coach, I don't know if they'll appreciate this, but I'm going to tell it anyway. <laughs> so we get to New Mexico State, and I'm, it's the end of the fall. I've played, you know, not great for my standard. I was pissed because I you know, wasn't competing well. And I, more so than that, I was just pissed off at the academy. I was like, man, we finished basic, and then it got worse. You know, <laughs> you didn't, I didn't know any of this was happening. 
I didn't know that I was going to have to, you know, greet these upperclassmen and run the strips with my backpack and my left hand strips are a little marble outlining. Yep. And, you know, I didn't realize this stuff was happening. So we had a little, you know, parking lot talk. We got pulled up to the course, all the, all the other guys on the team got out of the bus and we said, Nope, you're staying in. And I was more than happy to stay in. And we, we talked about, <laughs> we talked about it for about, I don't know, an hour and a half till I was four minutes from my tee time. So we grabbed my sticks, ran to the first tee, hadn't hit a ball. And, and I, we both thought that was the end. Yeah, that was the end. You know, I was done with the Air Force Academy. I wasn't staying anymore. I was pissed off at the coaches for not telling me, you know, what was going on. And, but, you know, we moved moved through it, grew up a little bit, you know, realized, realized that I was pretty fortunate to be there and, and, you know, had some good, some good support. Can't do anything without a good support group. So, so what in, in that moment right there, when they're telling you basically, you know, get, get your head out of your ass. This isn't that bad. Get a yeah. little, get a little perspective in you. You're getting a free school. You're playing college golf. This is your dream, man. This is exactly what you wanted. What, what changed in your mind? What made it, it switch over to the other side? We're like, all right, maybe this isn't going to be that bad. Uh, you know, I don't know if it was if if anything changed as far as you know my outlook towards the the military piece. I just grew to appreciate my buddies. You know, we yeah. were all we had a big class, big freshman class. Uh, every sport at the academy over recruits, so you know you bring in too many recruits, and like two days in or the first day in. They tell you, hey, shake your buddy's hand to the left, shake your buddy's hand to the right. One, he's not going to be here. And so, you know, they bring these schools over recruit or all the sports teams over recruit. So you have extra people. And we had a class of seven and uh, we got really close. You know, we spent a lot of time together. You, you're all going through the same stuff, you know. So you get your bond over it and like, hey, these, these dudes are awesome. I uh, want to stay here and, and want to, you know, be a part of this because I think these are really good dudes. And we're still best friends to this day. You know, we started with seven, ended with eight. So we didn't lose anyone to the left or right. But where, where, where'd the extra guy come from? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So he came from baseball. His name's Ryan Kramer. He's actually got a caddy for me at, uh, at the open. Awesome. Yeah. Coach said, you know, Hey, we might be bringing another guy on. He played in high school. Hasn't played since. I was like, man, what, what are we doing? Like this guy's not going to play, you know, <laughs> Hey, why are we bringing him on? And turns out he's one of my best buddies now. So he came on, he was a, hardworking dude great team you know team member it wasn't gonna wasn't gonna compete in our top five but he was there and he made the team better so how was it coming you know the biggest thing that I think basic training taught me was the first time that you're you're ultimately thrown in this melted like mixing pot of life and you have people from every different background every different color and all all sorts of different personalities uh, I was fortunate enough that I went to like strictly male basic training. Uh, I don't know if, if yours was the same, but yeah, exactly. So my wife was in the Air Force as well. And uh, it's funny when we compare basic training stories, the similarities, but the differences just because one being co-ed, one being strictly male only. But man, you throw that many personalities in a room, there's, there's incredible bonding. And, and like you said, lifelong friendships that are formed. But man, you fight your way to it. And there was some, some hell of, uh, of knockout, drag out fights of, you know, guys slipping in the shower during uh, morning formations the next morning when they come out with black eyes and, and just battered all over the place. So it's interesting. And it, and it forms these crazy bonds so quick, too. 
And, uh, you know, it's something that I, I always remember and, you know, we'll never forget. Absolutely. You know, even, you know, basic training, military is the most intentionally diverse um, organization on the planet. And, you know, I, I love it. I love people coming from every state, different backgrounds, different races, you know, different genders. It, it's awesome. You know, it's yep. a, it's an incredible organization. That being said, everyone being diverse, you know, brings its, brings its conflicts. You know, a guy from Cleburne or Katy, Texas versus a guy from, you know, I don't know, Los Angeles, Berkeley, California, you know, yeah. we have different, different viewpoints, but you know, you kind of get together, you figure out what the mission is and you, you got to accomplish it. And, and I think it's awesome. But that being said, we had our, you know, within, even within our team, we solved everything by, you know, lot, little locker room, locker room skirmishes, right? We didn't, oh, yeah. didn't no, no punching in the, in the face, but it was until someone tapped out or, to, or <laughs> tapped out or, or, you know, quit or whatever, but we, you know, we pushed the couches to the side of the room and just went at it and, and loved it. And, and that was, that really brought our team closer together. You know, they don't do it anymore. Uh, coaches would probably get fired if, if they of did. But, but back when it was hard, that that's how we played. Yeah. Well, that, that, and that's how we did it. That's how, you know, from my freshman time, that, that was, that was how it worked. And, and we kind of kept that, you know, throughout, but, uh, and it was, you know, it, it could be a freshman on a senior. It could be, you know, a senior on a senior, senior on a junior. It didn't really matter. You know, rank didn't, didn't make any, any rank, you know, cadet rank doesn't, it's kind of fake anyway, but oh, class structure that's, that's what you say now. It mattered at the time though. Yeah. It mattered at the time. So the class structure didn't matter. It was, you know, Hey, you, you versus me, let's do it. And then after we're done with it, it's over and we move on. And, and now that team, you know, we, we talk daily, we have a massive group text and from four years from, you know, when I was a freshman through when I was a senior, you know, that, that four year group is as close as we've ever been. And, and the team at the Academy was as good as, you know, the Academy's ever been. Tom, Tom wasn't there. Tom, uh, I got there when, after Tom left. So he graduated 2010, I got there in 2010. Um, Tom wasn't there. So, you know, obviously if he was, we probably would have been definitely, we would have definitely been the best, but, but we'll hold that against Tom where our team was better than his team. So, so you, can, <laughs> you can tell him that, but, uh, but yeah, that's how we did it. And it's awesome. You know, walk me through the four years. I mean, there's obviously big difference, not only in the, the education that you're getting, but obviously how your development as a player came along. So if you could stair step me through each year of your, your school kind of both academically and, a little bit on your golf uh, until ultimately getting ready to figure out where you're going to do post-graduation. Yeah. So I got there, you know, got there as a freshman. Uh, it's an engineering school. So no matter if you're an English major or, an, you know, an aeronautical engineer, you have to take all the core engineering credits. Um, so that's chemistries, physics, math, calculus, one, two, three, if you want differential equations, if you want, um, and then all the core engineering. So aero, astro, mechanical, doubly, uh, civil, and then I'm, I'm probably missing a few, but you know, you take all these classes and you, and that being said, so your freshman year is all core. You get introduced to, you know, chemistries, how labs work. You get introduced to physics, you get introduced to, I think just a basic engineering one-on-one class, but it's a lot, right? They, it's between 18 and a half, 21 and a half hours a semester through your senior year. So you're getting a lot and you're, you don't get any breaks being, you know, a, a student athlete. It's not, 
It's not, you know, we don't have tutors sitting there with us. Everyone's got the same abilities. You just take your classes in the morning instead of the morning in the afternoon. So it's a wake up call. You know, for me, I thought I, I, you know, I did okay in high school, but it turns out I had no study habits. So got there, got a D in my first class, you know, chemistry 101. And uh, somehow, you know, there's no way I, I was D worthy. I was definitely, I should have failed that class, but somehow I, you know, pulled out a few points here or there that, that uh, got me to D. So it's a, it's a real culture shock and you're going through basic and you're, you have the military stuff to do. And, and then on top of that, you're playing a sport. So your time management gets, you know, pretty good, pretty quick. And for me, you know, I, I didn't do it. How I did it is, you know, academics, I knew that could get me kicked out of school. So I needed to take care of academics and at least get that done. And then athletics was my, were my second priority uh, as a freshman. So after basic training, so, you know, I said, hey, academics are getting kicked out of school, need to do this. Athletics, I can, you know, make an impact. I can get better. I enjoy this. And the military piece was like, okay, you know, we have to do this. We have to get through it. And I sucked. Like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't the person. We took these knowledge tests every week and, and you basically memorization of, you know, Air Force planes, loadouts, payloads, people. And you had to memorize everything verbatim. I'm, I'm sure you did the exact same thing. And I sucked. I didn't do well. You know, I, I caused my freshman squad to get, you know, restricted, as you call it, by failing too many of those, right? And the so worst feeling, too. It's the worst. It's the worst. And so that just brings you down everywhere. And so I kind of, you know, I, I worked on it. And I still sucked all the whole year. I, I. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. So <laughs> it was tough. And I, you know, I, we got through it, made it through. And, you know, kind of after that, you're like, hey, you know, I sucked this year militarily. I need to do something about this. and I need to get better at it. So I went on, you know, your, your sophomore year is the hardest year academically. So your freshman year, they know you have other stuff going on. You've got the military stuff, uh, athletic stuff. They don't really, that's extra. Right. But they know you have a lot of stuff going on. So then your sophomore year, they kind of load you on with these classes and you're still not taking any majors classes. You're just kind of going through it. You don't have the military piece. So you have a little bit more time. So they load you down academically and then athletically. So I, I tried to do my best, best I could on the course and then kind of manage in the classroom, you know, like get, get by, get, a, get, you know, somewhere above, my freshman year, I had like a cumulative 2.1 GPA at the end. You know? So we're not, we're not burning any, uh, I don't know. We're not, we, we weren't, we weren't coming into the top of class. I'll tell you that much. But after my sophomore year, you know, I brought it up to like two, five, two, six or something like that. And I, and I spent a lot of time at the golf course, you know, and I wasn't, when I wasn't studying, I was spending time at the golf course. That's what made me happy, you know, right. working out, practicing, and I was fortunate to play, you know, as a freshman backing up every tournament you went to, you know, you missed a week, you missed a week of school. Right. So you yeah. missed her three, four days. So it was a good time to get off the campus, go see something else, wear normal clothes. You know, I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to play. The escape that that builds in is, is a tremendous advantage. Definitely for athletes. Huge. I mean, it's not even the same experience, right? Like right. I, I was traveling all over the, you know, all over the country, wearing normal clothes, eating normal food. My buddies are like stuck in without their phone, you know, eating 
at Mitch's, which is like our cafeteria every day for a year. So it was a huge, it's huge advantage. When you think back on it and you're like, oh, without their phone, like, oh, the hardships of life. But man, yeah, I I agree. When you're going through, like, what the hell, man? Can I not just get like something to the outside (laughs) world, please? Yeah, mail every two weeks or something like that, you know? So, so it, it was good. And I really enjoyed my coaches. I enjoyed the process of getting better. And I've kind of always been that way, you know, with, with sports, with anything I dive into, you know, kind of tend to just, if you're going to do it, you might as well try to do it well. I guess I have a little bit of, you know, I'm not overly competitive in, you know, most things, but when it comes to like in internal competitiveness, like I, I tend to try to push myself pretty hard. So I wanted to get better. Coaches were pushing me to get better, and I, and I knew I could get better. So, hey, well, um, pulling pull on that real quick, where does that drive come from? I think it came from my my dad. Honestly, he was you know pretty tough on me early, especially in sports, and you know not settling was was something that you know was always in our family. And if you were going to do it, you're going to do it well. And if you didn't do it well, you know you're going to you're going to hear about it, right? So, so early on that was kind of thing and then you know I chose chose to play golf and he had no part in golf so um you know I didn't I I don't know if you're born with it I don't know if you develop it um but you know, I I just haven't needed a lot of external motivation and, and I'm sure like yourself you know anyone that you talk to you know being a ranger being in the regiment everyone's internally motivated like you if you're not motivated you're not going to make it right and, and I don't know, where, where do you think you got that from? Because obviously you have it. The exact same thing, my old man. And I yeah. think it's, uh, you know, growing up, he always just used to say, hey, you know, we're going to work hard because that's what we do. But what yeah. I didn't realize is that he was instilling like the worth ethic into us of like, it doesn't matter what is put in front of you. You're going to figure out a way and you're going to take it one task at a time, one step at a time, and you're just going to keep digging it and you know i think maybe that's i know that's why golf has resonated with me is because you're it's a that's you know it's a individual sport but man it's all on you and if you want to get better you got to put in the work you got to dig it out of the dirt man and that's that's just kind of how it came and you know it definitely that's the the number one thing that i could say that that drove me to success in the military is just and that that ethic because there's no quit in it you just yeah. you're, you're the the self-motivation that you have and that little bit of uh you know never quit mindset is just it's phenomenal and in, in the service it helps you so much yeah couldn't couldn't agree more i mean that's you know I'm, th- I'm thankful at the time i wasn't thankful you know that my dad was doing it always but uh you know now i'm you know super thankful super thankful that the military has given me and yeah to be able to go out there and compete, you know, try to get better every day. That's all right. I can do. Uh, try to get better at that process and, so and build as good of a team as we can. Right. So junior year at the academy, it's when you're, uh, that's when you're actually turning in, you know, into your major stuff, correct? Correct. And and the first day of your junior year, so the first class you go to, you are committed into the Air Force for, you know, five years after graduation. So for seven years. So we, we call it commitment days. Any thought going into that day? Not for me, not for me, but every year there are some, yeah, you lose, you know, you lose people that say, Hey, you know, I've been here for two years and, uh, and I'm not gonna, you know, 
I'm done. I'm, I'm going to go do something else. Um, and so we, you know, you do lose people, but I, you know, I stepped in there and enjoyed it. Your junior year, your class schedule, you know, you're getting into majors classes now. It's, it's, you know how the academy works. You just came out of a sophomore year. That's, you know, very, very academically. And so I felt like I was on the, you know, like the, on the smooth sailing, I guess, you know, kind of going through getting better. I could focus on sports. I had seen some success. I'd gotten better over the past year and kind of, you know, invest in that process, uh, physically, you know, athletically on, and on the golf course, you know, I was, I was in a much better spot than I was when I got there and I knew it, you know, for, fortunately my junior year, I was able to win early and, uh, you know, kind of gain even a little bit more confidence in the process and what I was doing and the coaches, you know, belief in what they were trying to get me to do and, and kind of formulate how I was going to play the game. And then, um, so went through junior year, enjoyed it and had some success on the golf course, which carried in senior year. And, you know, I still had no idea that I was going to play after or that I even wanted to play after, you know, I, my, my focus then was like, Hey, what am I going to do in the military? Pilot was always an option, you know, 60% ish of air force Academy graduating classes become pilots. And that's kind of what you're expected to do. You know, if you're an able-bodied person at the Academy, who's driven, who wants to be, you know, kind of like the war fighter, yep. you're going to be, you need to go to, you need to be a pilot, right? That's who makes rank in the air force. That's who is doing the mission. And I didn't want to do that. You know, I <laughs> a pilot, pilot wasn't in my deck of cards. What I did want to do was, you know, I wanted to be on the ground. I wanted to do something active on the ground. We have a few different groups. I'm sure you ran into them that do that. So I kind of, you know, physically was preparing myself for those tests. I was a terrible swimmer. So, you know, trying to figure out how to swim, going through that kind of stuff. You know, I, I enjoyed it, but I backed into success in golf. You know, I ended up winning four more times and won like the all America tournament in, in Phoenix and hosted by Thunderbirds down there. And to that, I was like, Hey, I think, you know, I think we're going to do this. I think we, we have the opportunity to do this and, and compete at a high level. And we know we compete, can compete with everybody. So that's when we made the decision to, Hey, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to go be, go work in the support world of the, of the air force do my, you know, five years. I knew I was going to make a career out of it, but enjoy it. And then try to pursue it afterwards. And so kind of made that decision up as a senior. Enjoy it. Yeah. And no, like, you take within the academy going through school and then even in service i mean you take what it offers you but ultimately like you know you make the most out of it and sometimes that's you know for 90% of the people who join the military that's not a career and there's nothing a matter with that you you give the you take the opportunities that are handed to you you figure out your game plan and you, you know, start moving on to your next step. That doesn't diminish your service, doesn't diminish anything that you did while wearing the uniform at all. But man, I think, uh, you know, just looking back on academy life and what people don't really understand here is that, you know, you're describing your entire time while at the academy in Colorado Springs, but you're also leaving out summers and the fact that like, yo, your summers aren't free. Like, yeah. You still, have you still have training you have to do. Summers are when the training happens. Yeah. So that's, you know, you're not playing a full amateur schedule, which, which is big in the world of golf, you know, yep. going out the class, you know, the, a, the tier A events where you can really build that world rank and that world rank makes a difference. You know, if you finish in the top 
10, 15 of your, you know, of your class world rank points, not only are you, you know, in the all American category, but you're also, you know, in the mix for agents and agents bring you starts and starts, you know, starts can bring you, you know, different status and skip stages of Q school. So it does make a difference, but now in that summertime, we were having fun, you know, we were playing in the dirt and learning how to, you know, operate a Humvee and shoot a little bit. So, Hey, right. you know, not, it doesn't sound like the worst summer out there, but no, uh, the, the, the ultimate camping trip. That's what I always say. They're like, Oh, well, what's some of this training? Like, I'm like, well, if you think about, were you a boy scout? A lot of people. Yeah. Okay. Well it's boy scout camp on steroids. Just think about it like go. that. <laughs> Dude, mountain over there. We just go live on it for a little while. It's awesome. Exactly. With a ton, of, a ton of food. Yeah. Ton of, yeah. <laughs> no campfires though. So don't think it's uh nice and relaxing out there. Yeah. We got like a rabbit and a couple MREs. Right. Your decision to, uh, you know, obviously not be a pilot from an Air Force guy at the Air Force Academy. I don't think people realize how big of a, you know, for somebody to come out and say that, that's a big step. But I'm more curious on the rest of the guys on the team. I mean, what did they end up going and doing? Yeah, they're they're awesome. So, you know, I, I truly think, you know, I told you that our, our team there, you know, in junior and senior year, we were, we were the best that the team's ever been. And uh, I think that fully carried over into military time. Um, we have of the, you know, the five guys that played pretty much every tournament, we've got an F-35 pilot, got two F-16 guys. One's on the Thunderbird demo team now. We've got, you know, C-17 pilots, tanker pilots, and, and all of them have, you know, more deployments than I could, than you can count on hands at this right. point. And, so they're super awesome guys and they've done really well in the career field. So, so it's, it's pretty cool, you know, in a, in a couple, couple of weeks, we're going to go out to Vegas to play and the Shriners and, you know, within five minutes from that golf course, we've got three buddies that are all fighter pilots, you know, doing their, you know, their jobs and, yep. and doing and it's awesome to see. So yeah, everyone, everyone's been successful. There's three guys that are out. Of the three that are out, I'm probably the least impressive. We've got, you know, one of the guys went to went to Harvard for grad school. The other one went to Wharton, UPenn for grad school, and and I just play golf. So, so. <laughs> no, come on. What does that tell you? That tells you, hey, you got a strong group of guys that get together. They believe in something. They all work their asses off to to get to the end goal. They do their time and look at the successes that you come. They come with that and the fact that, you know, you can diminish what you're doing right now, but I'm sure they say the opposite, uh, for they, they all wish they're doing your life. So. Yeah. Well, it's cool. You know, it's cool to see people do well in in different areas and, and yeah, we're all awesome and we can definitely have a good time when we all get together. It's like, it's like no time's passed at all. Right. Any uh, drama there between the fighters and the heavy pilots or they all, they all get along pretty good. Oh, I mean, I mean, it, we all get along pretty well, but there's always going to be shots taken, you know. There's it's the uh, worst. The, that drama between the two, I'm always like, come on, man. You're like, all five planes, like, you don't get it, man. Well, even fighters, right? Like, so the, oh. you know, that guys make fun of the 35 guy because he doesn't really have to fly the plane, they exactly. say. Yeah. But, but meanwhile, when they're out in Vegas, you know, doing their red flag trainings, they don't even see him before he shoots them all down. So it's, yep. you know, and they, and, being out there, they, you know, they're going against each other, which is phenomenal. 
I love, love, love that. And, and so it's good. It's good. But um, they all can still play, play some pretty good golf too. They don't ever really play, but when we get together, they seem to hit it all right and, and enjoy it. So you got to watch out when that scramble team wants up. If you guys ever get along to do a little, little big pro-am tournament somewhere. Yeah. Well, one of our, best buddies is in uh he's been in you know the bragg area for a while i mean he's the why he's the craziest one of, of all of them he'll knock on your door at like 3 a.m just because he's passing through or something right but and then so when he gets involved he was a hockey player at the academy so when he gets involved it's like okay well this just went up about four notches and and uh i have a bedtime you know <laughs> so, right, exactly so, so it's good you know and and that's the cool part about the academy too is it's pretty small you got a thousand students per class and and you pretty much know all the other you know athletes so at the academy we the golf team kind of hung out with like the hockey team and the baseball team we had some of the same PE classes together so so it was neat and PE is boxing swimming combated you know not we're not playing kickball out there so (laughs) so we're punching each other exactly the fun stuff that people do in school you know yeah yeah. So when did you, uh, I guess, did you get a pick what you're going to do? And when did that decision come in? Yeah. So I, I put in preferences. So my senior year, beginning of my senior year, I put in preferences and, and I knew I was a business major. So I kind of fed into uh, three career fields that we have acquisitions, um, finance and contracting. Like those are the three kind of that you get bumps for be for being that, uh, for being that, degree from the air force and so i put those three and and i got i don't know if it was my second or third choice i ended up getting finance which was which was fine you know it's not it's the exact opposite of you know public finance where we're just basically taking money budgeting it forecasting it and trying to spend it down to zero at the end of the year i'm sure you were what you're a comptroller exactly yeah yeah comptroller it was uh you know for us it, the comptroller was like he's a Lieutenant Colonel then all of us are just like in the comptroller squadron. So, so that was, that was what I did. And, and it was cool, you know, from being in the States to getting to, you know, go to just some different places. It, it was awesome. Um, did you get a pick I, duty station? Uh, I didn't. Well, so I put in preferences, eight preferences yep. listed them out, you know, Tampa, Charleston, all the Florida bases, all in the South where I could play golf. And I even wrote in a little note section, you know, like, Hey, if, if none of these are available, just please keep me, you know, yada, yada. And the bases came out and I got Boston. <laughs> I got, of course. Like the air force cares what you put down. <laughs> I thought because I, you know, even because I wrote a note, maybe they'd like throw me. And when my commander announced that he was like, you know, kind of, they kind of do like a cool little announcement. He said, hey, you're going to, you know, uh, you're going to Hawaii. And I was, you know, it's Hawaii. Well, I didn't put that, but that's awesome. I'll take that one, you know? And, right. and yeah, you're going to Hanscom Air Force Base. I was like, Hanscom, you know, I think I'm pretty sure Hickam's Hawaii. Yeah. And the, you know, one of the, our, we call him AMT. It's like that high ranking enlisted guy that is in charge of us. You have one officer, one enlisted that's run your squadron. And he like tapped my commander. I was like, Hey, that's uh that's Boston, sir. And so it's like, Oh, you're going to Boston. I was like, oh shit, you know, like that, that's not South, but at the time you could trade. And so one of my best buddies also got fine. I was also a finance officer. He had Charleston and Charleston was like number two on my list. So 
he wanted, he had Charleston, he wanted Boston. He had, you know, he had put like, he had put Boston like number one or two and Charleston wasn't on there, but got Charleston, right? Like he could have easily been flipped, but we switched and I ended up in Charleston. So I went to, came to Charleston, was in Biloxi, Mississippi for six months. And then got to get that good, that good management training in. Yeah. I got to get a good management training. I mean, it was awesome. We were in a condo on the beach. (laughs) Rough. And everybody's always like, Hey, why did if anybody out there is ever thinking about joining the military, this is why you join the air force. Okay. But yeah, that's the best thing going is, you know, that, that base does a lot of the, uh, like the, like the TACP training. Yep. So early, so different, different, you know, whether you're army, air force, Navy, a lot of people go to the schools there and our school was like starting like two weeks later. And, uh, even like air force force support was there. So there's a bunch of people already on base taking up all the on base lodging. So when we got there, they're like, Hey, there's no, you know, there's no room for you. Here's a non a non availability slip, go find a place for this much. And so started calling around and like, Hey, you know, called these condos on the beach. I was like, Hey, you know, there's three of us. If we put this together, can we stay in, you know, your four bedroom, like luxury condo right. on the beach? Like, yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> we spread the word like wildfire and then all of us in the, you know, the same training. Cause we had just come out of the academy. We all yep. still knew each other. Ended up in the same condo on the beach and you know, shoot, it wasn't, wasn't too rough. Rough but, life, man. Listen, yeah. Listen to this guy. Everybody feels yeah. sorry for him about graduating from the academy and moving to his, his beach yeah. condo. Yep. And then Charleston after that and enjoyed it. You know, I was in the finance office for two and a half years and I got to go, over and uh be a you know work for the commander which everyone that's kind of you know it's something you have you have to do it was fun you know i enjoyed getting the perspective it's a joint base with the navy so i kind of got to see how the navy works too and and enjoyed it you know i learned how the air force works learned you know learned how to do a lot of paperwork uh oh yeah but but it's it was a good good opportunity and then that job, you know, he endorsed me to go back to the academy and teach for my last two. So it was awesome. Went back Good. and and taught. Worked in the old in the old combatives room. Uh, so back back to the academy. That's what I wanted to do as a you know glorified PE teacher for two years. And um, Air Force Center of Combatives is actually separate from the academy, but it runs out of the academy and, and runs the uh, runs the PE classes. So combatives boxing is what I what I did back there and, and yeah. loved it. You're downplaying your deployments in here. Yeah, well, shoot, I, I mean, compared comparatively, they're they're not too bad. Got to tour around Africa three times. It was awesome. So, I'm trying to think here. So, you obviously you probably deployed to DJ, hung out there. Yeah. So, so all of my deployments were all mission deployments. So I was never gone for more than a month at a time. So it was basically a month. Go to DJ. From there, someone needed to be paid for you know some runway or landing fees or someone somewhere wouldn't accept the wire transfer then I'd fly down there and do the it. ultimate money guy. This yeah. is the thing is that for people like me, like I can't do my job without people like you. So you're, you're downplaying it, but you're ultimately like my savior. Well, we, I, so I, I, one of the times I was actually, I was with the army. Uh, I was uh, of the three, I was with army once Marine once and Navy once. So always supporting, you know, it's always joint. Everything's joint there. Right. Going through Djibouti, it was it was awesome. You know, I was just the guy on the plane that was flying in, and you know, people were looking at each other like, "Hey, who? Why is this guy here? Like, what is this guy <laughs> doing?" And then I'd get there, and you know, like pay the guy. And, oh yeah, this make you know makes sense. And 
and then uh, hang out. And it was, it was awesome. I, I got to go to some good places some like pretty, you know, not great places. If you're not, if you're not accepting wire transfers, you know, you're not exactly in first world countries, right? Exactly. So, so it's, it's awesome. And every, every one of mine was through DJ. Um, best story is, you know, I was going to Niger or Niger and, and that's definitely, you know, not the highlight of, of places. And I'd been there before and went to sleep in the hammock on the back of the C-17 and, you know, woke up and looked outside a little peephole and there was a mountain with some snow on it. So, you know, quickly ran over the other peephole, which is probably about 10 yards away. You know, people don't realize how wide those planes are. Ran over the other peephole, looked at it and saw a beach and was like, holy cow, you know, I'm, I'm in paradise and this is not what Niger looks like. Let's check this out. And we gotten diverted to uh, Suda Bay, Greece. So, that was my highlight. We spent 48 hours in Suda Bay, Greece with a bunch of Marine guys and had a, had a good time. But Suda Bay is yeah. not a bad spot. I'll tell you that. Nope. Played some golf in Rhoda. Uh, they let me rent. Rhoda is also, yeah, very nice. I'm happy to hear that you played there. Yeah. Well, I didn't have clubs, but they let me rent a club a day at this course called Costa Bayena. And uh, turns out they had, held, they had held like European tour qualifying at some point in time there, but Played golf, only played the course with a six iron, a seven iron, and eight iron. I was there for three days and played. Figured out, trying to figure out which course, which one, which club I could play best with throughout nine, for nine holes. And so six iron would probably be my way to go if I was recommending I could do it. But the actual, you know, the paying agent stuff was awesome. Getting to go, go places, see these groups of guys like yourself, you know, going out, doing the mission, whether it was a, you know, reaction force or just going there for, you know, anti-pirating or something like that. Right. And oh, so yeah. I'm going to, going to be able to support that, see an impact and just, you know, be there as this mission is happening is awesome. Um, I was definitely in the support role and, you know, part of me felt like, Hey, you know, I, I, I can do more. I can do this. Um, and it was tough, right? Like I wasn't a pilot, wasn't going to be a pilot, but the Academy builds you up, you know, you're going to lead, you're going to do stuff. And, and, you know, I, I did have a flight in finance and, and that was the best part of my job. I didn't love the day-to-day -day work. I thought it was pretty boring compared to what I wanted to be doing, but the people that I met, you know, the, this intentionally diverse military that we have is awesome. You know, we had five guys out of 19 that, you know, weren't citizens. We were working on their citizenship and people don't realize that, you know, yep. you come here from a different country, you join the military two years later on the day you're a citizen and it's awesome. It's awesome that we have that program. And, and not only that, you do an enlistment and one, you're a citizen, two, your college is paid for. You know, those those people are way more impressive than me. We had, we had a girl that grew up, uh, grew up Amish, right? They stopped their education in eighth grade. Now she's, you know, she has multiple master's degree working on her PhD. It's, wow. it's incredible. You know, she had to get her GRE to even be able to qualify to get into the Air Force. And then so... You know, she had studied for that because she didn't go to high school and then uh, and then to be able to see where she's gone. And, and of those, you know, those that group, three of them are officers now crushing it, doing way better than I ever did. And it's awesome to see them. So kind of, you know, regardless where you are, what you're doing, if it's a good place, bad place, good job, bad job. The people are what make that experience, you know, right. And I think investing in people is always how do you get to where you want to be. And, you know, even in the golf world now, I can't do it without a team. You know, I've got my wife, 
got an agent. Um, so this first year out, I was kind of like, Hey, you know, let's do what we can try to get better, but build the team in the process. And, and so, you know, you were kind of creating that structure to go out and do, you know, do the best we can make the most of it. So I think the air force military, you know, more than anything else taught me like, Hey, all else fails, great people. If you put great people around yourself, you're going to be all right. So I think that's the other thing that, that ties in from your golf, you know, your career now to the military is, is having an opportunity to be a leader and lead troops or airmen in your case and being, you know, obviously we can go over all the good things that happen to them all the time, but there's a lot of bad things that happen too. And it doesn't matter if it's just giving them verbal counselings or counseling statements or any sort of punitive action to them. You learn really quick how to handle a situation. And I always think about that when you, when you watch and see professional golf and how they manage their teams and how difficult it is for some people because they've never had opportunities to, to have those experiences before. And I think it's definitely, you know, another thing that's just paying forward and the experiences that you can lead on, lean on from the military and, and, and to your current life. And it's amazing. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're, and it's, it, it kind of gets harped on overused, but the military t- shows you more than anything, you know, you're going to learn from failure and yeah. you're going to fail. You're not, you know, you're going to fail. You learn from, you try to get better from it and apply it the next time. Right. Like I've, I've failed in leading. I was going to say, what's, what's one failure that you're thinking of that you're like, man, learned a lot, but if I could go back and, and unwind that, man, I would have done it differently. Yeah. You know, I, I, my biggest failures are, you know, with that, with that team or with your, you know, if you're the guys you're in charge of. Right. So I, you know, I had this group of guys and we were doing something menial, like, you know, playing, playing basketball or something, you know, like something very menial. And, and one of the guys was kind of acting up and, and uh, you know, it wasn't very like professional as you'd say. And so I got a little heated and I called them out, like, Hey, I called them out like right in front of everybody, you know, got in his face. It was super unprofessional. And, uh, and, you know, I, I, he was like, Hey, you know, after the fact, he was like, Hey, you know, that, you know, that you shouldn't have done that. And, uh, you know, I, you're right. Like you're a hundred percent right. I shouldn't have done that. And so I learned from it, you know, I'm thankful that he told me like, Hey, you shouldn't have done that. Hey, it looked bad, you know? And, and I'm thankful that the guys that, you know, were, were working for me and working for my, working in my flight were, you know, they were appreciative, you know, of the situation kind of like, Hey, you got to go back. You got to fix that, you know, talk to everybody and, and then move forward. Right. And at another time where I was at a, at a big conference put in charge of running this, you know, getting people to this big conference down in Florida. And I thought it was pretty, you know, menial. It was like, Hey, go, you know, rub elbows and sit there and, listen to people talk about their military time. And I was like, you know, I was trying to prepare for a, there was a, there was a period of time in my military, military time that I, uh, I didn't think golf was going to be in the mix. So originally I backtrack. Originally I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to play immediately out of school. So we thought they might right. waive it. And then at two years, they said, no, to your point, reapply and you'll do two years and then you go to the reserves. So I did that. And they said, no. what, you're, what you're talking about real quick here is getting, you know, trying to find, get the waiver out of your active duty commitment. Correct. Yeah. Right. 
push it and then to play, right? So yep. they, they have rostered sports. So Ben Garland did it with football. Yep. So we, we thought that was the thing. And, and what people don't realize is like, hey, when you're going through these processes, you have to go through not only your commander, but you have to go to the base commander. So you have to go through two levels of bosses, maybe three, to get this approved to be in the process. So it, while you're putting this paperwork through, it looks like, hey, you're just trying to get out of the Right. You're trying to play golf, right? And that's and that rubs people the wrong way, you know, like, hey. Oh, golf. my God. Not, not only that. You, you, so people who do not understand, not only is Kyle saying, like, his commander, which is probably in, in 06, but also the base commander, which is, probably uh, a one star or two star yeah so oh oh five and oh six you know you're you're going through a lieutenant colonel and a colonel who is the base commander you know he's a colonel but he's like at the end of colonel like he's about to pin on one oh, yeah. star and you're 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 telling him that you no longer want to be in his air force i no longer want to be in the air force and i want to, to play i want to play golf and so he, he <laughs> Hey, it could be good for the Air Force for me to play golf. They're like, no. Like, if you're gonna go, if you were signed on to the, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers or something, like people would be like, oh, that, well, that's cool. Like, yes, you know. But if it's for golf, it's like, well, you know, how do you, how do you say that? So, right. The two, it told me no, and I, and I was not gonna apply again. Like, I did not want to, you know, that that's a bridge. So, like, hey, I tried it went through the process and it didn't work. So I went to, uh, I actually started my application to inter-service transfer. And so I really, I had, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to be a part of a team and I figured if I could go be a part of a team and uh, actually have some time in it, I needed to go to either the army or the Navy. And those were my only, only two options, you know, air force, um, like the, the PJs, you know, the crows, right. PJs. those are, those are their own, like they're their own. They're in a team. They're working in a team. Special Tactics does it, but they all—they most of their deployments are like ones, twos, yep. right? One is with Army or with Navy, and so I—I I wanted to be a part of a team, and I said, you know, I, I started the process, started the training, was deep in the training, was going through my fitness screeners, and then in the middle of that, I had this conference that I was that I was put in charge of going of running, which I I enjoyed it was cool but when i got there i was like man this is tough so the second day the whole afternoon i just like went and trained because i needed to train i had a fitness test when i got back and uh when i got back to the base they're like hey you know like we we didn't see you this afternoon and i was like yeah i wasn't there you know i was, <laughs> I was training and then i was back the next day and and i didn't i didn't think about it i was like oh this is not you know this isn't a big deal like I'm going to go train. I'm going to be doing training for military stuff. So that's better. And then I didn't realize what kind of precedent that was setting for, you know, enlisted people. Right. Like, right. Like my enlisted guys fresh out of high school, 18 years old, airman of the quarter, you know, this burner. Then he sees his lieutenant, like not show up for, you know, an afternoon. I've seen these conferences. I've seen these people speak because of the Academy, but right. I was very selfish and thinking like, Hey, you know, me not going is, you know, that it doesn't mean anything. And it, and it does. And so my commander, I got in trouble for it. And ultimately, you know, it, it, that year it probably cost me a shot at doing that inter-service transfer, you know? So I, you need to be, to, to be able to qualify for an inter-service transfer, your reports have got to be great. 
you know, you need to be top number one of this, number one of this. And, uh, you know, that's stri- that stratification is what we call it, that I was in the mix for getting because I had done, you know, decently well, went out the door because my wing commander who I was, you know, working for at the time, it's like, hey, you know, you just you just screwed this like this. Yeah. Is, we can't, can't give you the strat when you just got, you know, it wasn't significant like paperwork trouble, but it was it was enough to like, hey, you know, you could do this. So so it shut that door. And, uh, you know, it, I learned very, very, you know, very hard, like, Hey, that was a mistake. Um, your actions mean more to people than just yourself. And, uh, you know, you got to learn from it and get better from it. So I'm, I'm thankful for making that. That's a, you know, that's a mistake that I made that I, you know, it, it changed the path of my military career. Probably wouldn't be playing golf today. had <laughs> I not. So I'm thankful for it now and thankful for learning. But like, as you said, you know, watching guys manage their teams, you know, golf is great. You know, there's a lot more than, more than golf, but how you manage yourself on the course, how you manage yourself in life, who you partner with, it all makes, it all makes a difference. And I think that's what, you know, the military has, you know, has given me the most, given me perspective on, you know, Hey, how, what choices or how choices can impact others. Man. Incredible. Who would have thought that, uh, you know, Lieutenant Westmoreland. And, you know, when you think back at it, you're like, yeah, of course, it's not that big of a deal. I've already listened to this before. But, like, the point of it is, hey, you were sent down there to be a leader, to lead these troops, to make sure that they are getting the maximum out of whatever the conference and speech that's going on. It's crazy how that has changed you know, your life and where you're at. And, and I don't know who knows what would happen if that wouldn't have, wouldn't have gone down. Yeah. I wouldn't have been here. I would have still been in with, you know, service time left, but you probably would have been up by me by now. Who would have yeah. Thought? All, all hearsay. <laughs> all right. So we got to it a little bit. You got done. You, you obviously hemmed it up with, with your commander and ended up getting a good recommendation to go back to the Academy to finish out your service. Now you're full steam ahead on golf and throughout the time while you're still, you know, uh, on active duty, you're playing a couple tournaments here and there. I've, I've heard the stories of taking advantage of the leave that you get and trying to Monday and, and everything else like that. But let's talk about really your transition from coming out of service, what you had to do to set it up. And then, you know, obviously knowing that you're going to go play professional golf, but what is that actually going to look like? And what's that going to entail? Yeah. So when I was, you know, in my service time after, you know, I'd gotten the, the inter-service transfer out of the, you know, out of the deck of cards, I knew I was going to play back playing full time. Um, I did. I took, I took leave every about two, three weeks of summer, if I could, to go out and play Mondays. And I was fortunate to Monday in a few times. And then at the end of my service time, I was back at the academy and Monday into Utah. So I went, I took the job. I wanted to go back to the Academy because one, you know, it's an awesome gig. It, it's not short hours or anything. It's, you know, you're probably working more hours than I was before, but I was one mile from the facility that I had practiced on all growing up or all throughout college. So I was back, you know, in, in solid territory, it set me up as well as I could have to transition out. So I, you know, I was working on my game, trying to get better, 
we have simulators up there. So if it's cold or whatever, it's at night, you could at least practice a little bit. And, and, uh, I was getting physically ready to do it. You know, it's, it's different than military training. Push-ups and bench press don't really mean a whole lot in the golf swing. So, you know, I was getting ready to do it and, and trying to get as fast as I could type stuff and, and just get better where I could. Right. Like I knew I wasn't playing every week, but I figured, Hey, if I can come out, you know, bigger, stronger, faster than everybody else, I have an advantage. And it turns out Bryson, you know, is, is definitely faster now, but yeah, but I figured that was my, that was where I could get better at the time. So I, you know, everywhere you're at, you try to get better at what you can and for, you know, for what's, for what is to come. And so then transitioning out, I, um, I was, you know, 30 days off or whatever. I had 30 days saved up of terminal leave. And so I went in Monday for Utah, uh, which is one of the better corn fairy Mondays, it's, you know, all one site, eight spots, Monday in, and uh, was fortunate to finish like T24, T25 or something. So I got in the next week, which was great. You know, that's, I had played in Corn Ferry events before, but I hadn't, or web.com events up until that point. Right. But, and I played it in, but I hadn't, I hadn't made the cut. I hadn't done what I wanted to do. I felt like I was good enough. I was close enough. You know, I just, I just needed a little bit more practice, needed a little bit more, you know, a few more reps. And so I, I, you know, top 25, so I got in the next week, which is awesome. You know, it's a weird conversation with your commander. Like, uh, you know, I was, gonna, I was gonna, well, I was gonna start my terminal the following week, but now I'm, I'm can I push up two weeks and to cover this first event kind of thing. And, and so it was just a weird, you know, little dynamic, but ended up getting to New York, made the cut in New York, didn't do anything on the weekend, but made the cut. So, you know, that's two made cuts and four starts on the, on the web.com corn ferry, whatever. And so there's a little bit of traction there, you know, it's kind of a cool story and, and uh, ended up getting into U or Omaha uh, two weeks later. So that was right before Portland. So it was uh, Utah, New York, Colorado, Omaha, and then Portland. Portland's like, it's all off points. It's all off, you know, or money list time. Yep. How well you and then anything could go at Portland, right? If you reshuffle into, you know, top 85 or whatever it is on the money list, then you have status the next year. So, was, you know, I was kind of like, okay, well, let's go try to do some damage. And ended up missing kind of in Omaha. Um, didn't play great, but but I had a little traction and it was awesome. You know, I started getting some some uh, some phone calls and ended up getting into the military tribute at Greenbrier because I was still technically in service time at that point. And um, it was awesome. You know, it was cool to see. And that was a great opportunity for one, me to get better two, you know, me to understand the process a little bit more, play four day events, get some reps, but really to build a team, you know, it's the you don't, what people don't tell you, and I didn't know coming out of the academy because not many people have done it, but the people you surrounded with can really help you out. You know, like if, yeah. if I didn't have sponsorships, if I didn't have, you know, an agent that was looking into these sponsorships or getting, trying to get me into tournaments or stuff like that, you know, it was, I wouldn't be able to do it. And, and a lot of these connections have been military connections, guys that I met in the military trying to enter service transfer are now my sponsor. You know, I went and did a week with them. And now I am, you know, they're on my back, right? These, they're now out of the military and, and doing awesome stuff and, and volition, you know, the, the Puma, Puma line volition, volition is the, you know, what the word means is just your ability to choose, right? So yep. choose right. And uh, they're awesome. You know, I met them through the folds of honor who were started by Dan Rooney 
who back the Patriot tournament that I won in college by, you know, by chance. Right. So I've been tied with them and, and doing that. So it's, it's really, it was really awesome to kind of, for that transition, be able to build some, you know, not notoriety, but just kind of get back on the stage saying, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm here, I can play, I can still do this and I'm ready to go. Unfortunately, 2020 came, I uh, played waste management there, enjoyed it, missed the cut, but really enjoyed my time getting to play waste management. It's an incredible experience, especially in 20, beginning of 2020 when things were not, you know, it wasn't, it was pre COVID, right. the waste management, 200,000, 250,000 people there on Friday. Like, see stuff that you've never seen, you know, on a golf course. It was, it was awesome. It was awesome. It felt like a normal sporting event, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it, but um, met with some, you know, met with a few different agents and a guy named Brad Buffoni from Wasserman. He's an incredible dude, very honest guy. You know, tell it how it is kind of thing. And it went from there. And so we kind of got a little schedule lined up. And then 2020, the, you know, COVID hit in March and, and then shut down. So I felt like, Hey, I had been waiting for, you know, five years to get going on this and I was going and, uh, it just got shut down again. So I was right. like, kind of another, another year waiting game. And at first I was like, you know, I cleaned the garage like three times. I was running <laughs> out of stuff. Man, this is, you know, this sucks. Like I, I, you know, what, what am I doing? Um, went through, you know, watched hours and hours of like YouTube stuff on swings and kind of went down a little rabbit hole that I shouldn't have gone down. And, and then, you know, realized like, Hey, like, let's enjoy this. You know, I would, my wife and I had been married, but we moved back to Charleston right at the beginning of 2020. So let's enjoy this. Let's, you know, grow together, see what we can do here. Yeah. Take um, that, take the time that nobody, people don't realize all, there's a lot of negative things out there that COVID did, but there's also a lot of good things that came out of it too. And if you're for a guy who's in service or used to a job that travels a ton, you know, having that time with your loved ones, you, you know, I don't think people realize that it's probably not going to be another time. At least I hope that we get that back. Oh yeah. And I, you know, shoot, I didn't, I under underestimated, you know, the, you know, the military, everyone travels, you know, you're gone quite a bit and, can be gone for longer periods of time than you're supposed to be gone for and all that yep. stuff. But oh, I'm gone all the time. Yep. You know, three, three weeks a month minimum, you know? And so why, was, I guess, why, why back to Charleston? What's pulling you guys back there? So we met, we met here. She's from okay. Florida, but, uh, but we met here. She was living here. I, I had been stationed here for like a year and a half. She had moved here after college and, and we kind of met then. And so, you know, we met here, had some friends here. They were still here when we were getting out. So when, when moving back, you know, it was either Texas or here. Uh, was sort of kind of limited down. Well, it was actually like Texas, Nashville or here. We didn't know anyone in Nashville. We just like Nashville. And then we kind of decided on this. It was her, it was her decision. Like, as long as it's warm, doesn't matter. I'll go wherever. Right. Um, we felt like this was her best support group. You know, she had the most friends here. She had the most, uh, I guess, you know, close-ish proximity to her family or she's a sister in Atlanta and the rest of her family, rest of her family's in Florida. So she can get there if she needed to, but, but it was, it was, you know, basically that support group because I'm gone. She, she works, she's super independent, hardworking, shows me up all the time. Like I wish I had some of her, some of her academic skills and, and her work ethic, but you know, she's awesome. And so this was, that's why we chose Charleston and 
you can't can't dislike Charleston. Got up to Pinehurst a few times during COVID though. That was that was pretty neat. When awesome. I had never played number two and and really? got out there. Yep, yep. It was uh shoot. It was awesome. Good. A, we got to get like, you up, man. There's so uh, there's a lot of other stuff around here that you got to check out. Number two is is well worth it and and well worth all the praise and hype that it gets. But man, very very good golfing spot. Yeah. So we, you know, I'm, when I was stationed here, I tried to do all my qualifiers and stuff up there. So like pine, you know, pine wild, pine, pine wild. There you go. U.S. Open qualifiers. Though he's a pine wild. Yeah. That pine needles. Yep. Needles. Uh, number eight. Yep. Well, it's number eight on the course or on that little number eight's village. like North of the village. Yeah. I gotcha. Shoot. That, that whole area is awesome. You know, you got, it is like, you know, military haven up there, but <laughs> don't let them scare you. You, you. you fit in perfectly fine. It's good. Yeah. But it's, it's cool up there. We love, we love it up there. You know, tall pine trees, hills and stuff like that. It's, it's great. What's funny is that Yar, you know, we've been up here since 2012 and my wife, we love Charleston and we were just down there last week and we do a yearly family trip down to Kiowa every year for the. I got twin girls uh, for their birthday. So it's awesome to go down there and check out the beach. And every, every time we go down, she's like, I'll be perfect to live down here. I'm like, number one, we say that everywhere we go. Yeah. And number two, good luck trying to find a pro like a house or a piece of property to build on right now in Charleston. It's almost impossible. Right. So we were, we were, you know, we moved down here pretty quick and knowing we were going to move down and be like, Hey, let's move down. We're going to do, we'll rent this place. We'll do like an option to buy it. And, uh, and, you know, let's, let's just see what goes on. And, and, you know, the option to buy, we didn't do like a set price. Oh, so, no. like, so we should have done looking back. We should have like set the price, you know, like, Hey, we have the option. Like, Cause we could have, we could have literally bought it and sold it the next day and made a ton, but, oh yeah, but we didn't do that. So we, you know, when it came up time to, uh, our rent was up, they were like, Hey, we're selling this. Like the market's crazy. So now we moved and, um, we, you know, weren't able to buy it and we just can't buy anything right now. You know, it's right. too, too crazy. I think New York, New Jersey have just, you know, basically are the Charleston's the new New York, New Jersey in some areas, but, but it's, you know, it's great. We, I play at Daniel Island down here. Daniel okay. Island. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good spot. Two courses. Haven't played here much lately. Been gone most of the time, but, but it's good. Let's pick it up there. So 20, 2020 was a wash schedule's gone obviously dug in working on your swing trying to get better and then and trying to figure out what's gonna gonna let up for you know either that tail end of 2020 or really the 2021 season in hopes that there's actual tournaments that are out there obviously the yeah. highlight everybody knows that you qualify for the u.s open you played in the u.s open and outside of like kind of a shaky weekend you know you made the fucking cut in the u.s open man it's amazing yeah, it was, it was cool. One thing that did happen in the beginning of 2020 that I, uh, you know, I, I did do is as I played Can Canadian Tour Q School, right? Like it was the first kind of Q School that came around. So I was like, yeah, I'll play it, whatever. And the weather was crappy. It was like the worst, you know, it was raining 35 degrees in San Antonio of all places where you, you know, you hope, or you, you assume it's always going to be warm. And, right. And the worst weather, the worst conditions, that's, it's kind of my bread and butter. Like I want it to be as like crappy. Oh, yeah. as, I want it. I want people to quit, you know, cause I'm, 
I'm pretty sure I won't quit. Like that, you know, I'll keep playing, keep doing my best, whatever. So we made it through Canadian tour, you know, qualifying. Didn't play until this like form tour this year, but that happened in 2020. So that was a that was a positive. But going to like the US Open, right? Like so basically how I how I took 21 is like, hey, we're gonna play, you know, we're gonna create a schedule that gives us the best chance to get better. And so trying to find four day events that were playing for, you know, decent purse that were walking events. And that kind of led us to some of the APT tour events, the old Adams tour. Yep. And so played some of those. And, and I felt like they're, they're the best run mini tour out there, right? They, they do it very well. You're playing four days, you're walking, you're, you know, you're playing for some money, you can do okay. And so I, I played a bunch and played a bunch at the beginning of the year and, and had some success doing it. And, and like the, uh, like the 20, 2020 it seemed like the events were pretty cold and we're getting some rain and some wind so uh you know so i was happy about it and then went on to play you know that kind of fed into q school played a few other events like the press or whatever that came out enjoyed that it was kind of like it turned out to be a little bit more of like a hit and giggle but it was a cool a cool tournament where you you know you could win some and so played it and uh then started playing qual you know played mondays hadn't really I'd done well. I missed like, you know, four Mondays by a, a shot, like, you know, in a row. So I knew, I felt like I was playing good, but there's that weird point in the back of your head, like, Hey, am I good enough? You know, whatever. So we got to the, you know, U S open Monday or U S open. Uh, well, we got to sectional, got through local. It was fine. It was close to Columbia and um, it was good. So went to Dallas for this 36 hole in a day, you know, as long as they golf, kind of they say, right. Well, ours turned out to be like the longest, like two full days in golf because we had like three or four rain delays and right. crappy, right? And hey, you know, the the PGA guys were trying to get to Colonial to play their you know practice rounds to get going. The Corn Ferry guys were trying to get to like Chicago to play their practice rounds, and then uh, that that site was early and it was right before NCAA's. The in, the college guys were like trying to get to NCAA's, you know, play their practice rounds. So I'm sitting there like, hey this takes five days. Great. Like I'll sit here in this clubhouse. I'll watch it rain. I'll play in the rain, you know, I'll do whatever, but let's just, let's just ride this out. Let's see how bad we can make this, you know? And so by the end, I, I think like half the field had withdrawn because either they weren't in it or the, you know, the weather had just taken them out of it and they needed to get somewhere. And the other half is, is now so mentally ejected that it doesn't even yeah. matter. They shouldn't be there anyway. Yep. And so we, we shot two over in the first, in the first round. So, you know, made it, made it pretty, uh, solid, made it a solid task course in the second, but you know, we talked about it, like, Hey, you know, we're going to stick around. We're going to, you know, kind of endure and try to do something cool on the back and on the, on the second 18 and ended up, you know, shooting 63 and got to seven under total. And, and there we were punched our ticket. So, you know, getting to the U S open was awesome. But that was not, you know, that's just the process, right? Right. And to be honest, how you know my game sets up, like US Open setup, couldn't be better. I want it yep. to be about eight thousand yards and about seven yards wide, so everyone is hitting out of the rough. You know, I want that rough to be like about eight inches because I, I bet I can, you know, Bryson. You see Bryson doing it. You know, he can hit it. He can hit it out of the rough from 165 yards better than a lot of people can hit it out of the rough from 195 yards. Yeah. And so. So it sets up great. And, and I thought, like, I truly thought like, Hey, like we can, you know, we can do some damage here. If we execute properly and, 
and had a good first day. Had a honestly, the second day was better, but I uh, I decided to play hockey on the 14th green. Four wiggled it, and you know it was it was a little just added a little drama to the mix. But uh, maybe, uh, uh, so maybe surprised you. I saw, and uh, I was there. Actually, walked walked all of Friday with you, and I think the biggest thing there is that big stage, right? And yeah. playing pretty good up to that point. And I was so impressed with your overall attitude and mindset after that of like, obviously you get down, but it, it seemed like you immediately justified it, put it away and were able to move on. Yeah. Right after I hooked in the next drive in the Canyon. Well, that, uh, that was a different story. I didn't want to bring that one up, but. So I four wiggled 14 and, uh, <laughs> And, you know, I was, I was just one of those things I got a little bit aggressive on a putt over the hill, and then I put myself in a spot where I couldn't stop the ball going back. And all of a sudden, you know, you make, you're like, man, how do guys four putt, right? And then all of a sudden you're staring at like an eight-footer coming back for a uh, for a three putt and then, you know, knock that one close and go and go make it and run it running hot, right? And 15th hole there is a, is a hard driving hole for me. I, I play a cut, and it, you know, if you're playing a cut, you're aiming it off the canyon and cut or off the trees and cutting it into the fairway. Yep. And, and I, you know, a little heated, probably should have collected myself a little bit earlier, but I pulled it into the canyon and um, I was like, well, you know, that could have, you know, that could have been a turning point, right? Like we're, we're, you know, I didn't, I don't look at leaderboards because I try to do my thing, execute my game plan and it's not going to change whether I'm, you know, a shot out or, three shots in or four shots in or two shots back of the lead. Like, I don't really care. I'm my goal is not to make a cut. My goal is to do as well as I can in the tournament. So I'm, you know, when I game plan, I try to game plan and strategize for how I can do my best on the whole, you know, statistically. Right. So I, I hit it in the Canyon. I don't know where I'm at. Like, man, like we got to do this. <laughs> like, this is, this is bad. We got trees, you know, in front of us. We don't really have a shot. And, and so we, you know, hit it out in front of the green and then, and then chipped it in and chipping in, I was about as, you know, I'm pretty mild on the golf course, but I was, I was pretty fired up when we, when we made oh, yeah. that chip, we had, we had tried pretty hard to make that one. And, uh, <laughs> it was good. You know, I struggled on Saturday and, and that was due to some ex- execution, um, hits and balls and lips and bunkers, but you know, I learned from it, right. I learned like, Hey, you know, we are good enough to compete. Hey, we can do this. Um, there's some things that I do. I want to get better at, like, obviously, you know, driving the ball should be, a you know one of my biggest advantages and and you know i didn't fully take advantage of it that week so um want to get better at that and just keep trying to press forward we can always get better putting but got a great coach and and jeff smith who's you know he's he's an awesome guy and and he understands it and he communicates well and tells me like hey you know this is where we can get better he's got victor hoffland and patrick rogers and aaron wise he knows you know he knows the mix he knows what's going on and he kind of laid out like hey this is where you can get better statistically this is where you need to get better this is what you need to do you need to drive it well put it well and you know score well from 150 yards and in um which is you know everyone can do that and be pretty good but right. but you drive it well and, and put it well we're going to be okay um and so it, it was awesome it was awesome to get to put that in, into the mix and, and play and, and try to get better you know and then we went went into this form tour obviously wanted to win our goal out there was 100 to win um and we didn't live up to it. You know, we didn't, we didn't win any tournaments, had a chance in the first one, potentially the second one, 
didn't do it and, and then, you know, struggle a little bit, a little bit coming in, but, um, you know, we're getting better. So we're going to continue to try to push, get better where we can and, and do some damage. Right. So what's the rest of the year looking like for you? Yeah. So my next event, uh, making the cut at Q school, get you in the second stage of, well, of Q, or making the cut at US Open, get you in the second stage at Q school, which is awesome. Skip, skips a stage. Yep. Uh, or two stages if you count prequal, I guess. But so that's going to be the end of October. But before that, we're going to play in the Shriners. So I got a spot in the awesome. Shriners. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Back to that volition group, you know, they yeah. got ties all over the place. And, and my buddy, I've been reaching out to the Shriners, you know, for, for years, basically I kind of did the, like that Shawshank redemption style where I write letters every year to, you know, <laughs> it's that I, you know, that I, that means something to me or that I have a connection with or something like that. And, uh, you know, this, this just happened to be the year that Shriner said, okay. And, so we're going to go out and do that and volition helped me get that. And along with, you know, buddies being living three minutes from the course that are you know, stationed at Nellis. So hopefully we can do something cool there, but I'll play that first and then I'll play, you know, Q school. But right now our goal is to, you know, this is, this is supposed to be an off week. I've gone a lot of weeks in a row. So this was supposed to be like our off season this week. And it's honestly kind of hard, right? Like you put all your effort into getting better, getting rid of the process and then making yourself tell, take a week off it off is tough. Um, I almost, I almost broke it, you know, day two, I, I hit some balls. We were at a farm and <laughs> I did hit a few balls off of like dirt or whatever, just to do it. But, but, you know, it's been, it's been good. You know, you gotta, you gotta be disciplined and sometimes taking a break is, is what you need, right? Like health wise, you know, everyone's back's a little, a little tired after playing a bunch and yeah. We're taking this week off and we're going to hit it hard and, and try to get ready for, uh, for the Shriners. So it'd be awesome. What, uh, yeah, you talked a lot about Volition, talked a little bit about Folds of Honor and really what Dan Rooney is, has done for that, for both of them and, and the Patriot. But when forming your team, and obviously not just the team that helps you day in and day out, but when you put on people who are sponsors or anything else like that, obviously it's, it's hard because you can very easily get sucked into just being the military guy and you yeah. don't want to be the veteran that's out there. That's like, Hey, I'm, I'm here. And your game definitely backs it up. And all those things can be very good and give you opportunities. Like you said, the Shriners and other, you know, other sponsors exempt or sponsors invites will come because of it. But what that also means is that people rely on you and kind of want to hear your word and your views on things. And it's hard to be put in that position, you know, specifically right now with Afghanistan. Yeah. I get asked all the time because I'm obviously in the golf community. And for some reason, people want to hear my opinion or my view on it. And it's hard. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you get put in that position as well. More curious on kind of how you deal with it all and what, what thought you put into it. Yeah. So, you know, definitely get that. That, that was a question, you know, especially if you, a week or so, two weeks ago was every day, every group I played with, it's like, Hey, what do you think? You know, what, what do you think? And, and honestly it, it is tough, right? Cause you're in your military time, you're built to like not have any you know political bias or not show any political bias or, you know, kind of, kind of downplay some of your emotions on it and, and whatever. So, so it's a little tough and you, you know, you are 
basically you are the military guy and like, you know, you're in the military, you're the military guy in a golf world and the golf world, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of Patriots out there, whether they wore the uniform or not. And, uh, you know, they, they're interested. They want to know, but, but I feel very fortunate, you know, to be able to have the background to come into golf, um, both on the course and off. Right. I think, I think everything in life, whether golf or if you're going to try to go be an executive in a company or, you know, like what you're doing, being a media presence on the biggest, you know, podcast in golf and this community that has such big reach, you're building your brand and you're always going to be the military guy because you are, you were in the military, you did it and you served it. But it's important for me to align with sponsors or with, um, whether it's, you know, from sponsors to mentors to these charity groups that yep. align that align with my principles, align with, you know, how I want to live my life, what I want to represent and how I want to do it. And so in order to sponsor me, right. So like all the sponsors I shoot for all have military background. B3 group is what we wear. You know, I wear on my sleeve. It's a, he's an army guy, but he's done awesome things. He basically, it's a, it's a company, but he and his business partner basically created this company to build software for the VA. So they, you know, support the VA, do awesome stuff. They're based out of DC. He's a West Point guy, so I don't want to hold that against him. But <laughs> I, I noticed a subtle dig at the beginning. Easy, yeah, easy on army yeah. digs. Well, so there, there we go. And then you know, Trident One is—they're the guys that I spent the week with. They're mentors of mine now. They're awesome guys, but they back the Seal Legacy Foundation. And then you know, from Fisher House to Folds of Honor, like they all do such good stuff. And, and so I want to make sure I'm spending my time to go do those certain events and be part of those organizations and wear certain brands because, you know, playing golf while I am, you know, I'm Kyle, I'm a golfer. I want to do well in the golf world. I'm always going to be the military guy in the golf world. Billy Hurley's down here in Charleston. I don't know if you know Billy, um, but he would be a great guy for you to have on too. He's a, you know, he's helped me through the process. He, well, I mean, Navy is the team we probably wanted to beat the most. And last week we did beat him. Go Air Force, you know. <laughs> but but he's an awesome guy and he's done it, right? He's gone. He's went from, you know, the Navy. He did deployments and he's one on tour. So, yeah. you know, he's a guy that's one on tour from a service academy. So he's, you know, he's helped me a little bit with this, a little bit through the process. And, and my different mentors from the military time have helped me too. And so you know, you have that brand and you try to build it and you try to build a team. But I'm pretty confident that, you know, coming from a military background, you are, you know, you're pretty confident in your abilities to build a team and to have a mission and to execute that mission and, you know, give the effort that it takes to get there. So, so that's what I'm excited to do. Build my brand. I'm not a good, so I don't have any real good social media presence, but, and I probably never will, but that's just not going to, you know, that's not me. Um, so it's great and I've enjoyed it. I'm going to be the military guy in golf. I'll answer questions the best of my ability, but I'm learning. I'm learning. It's definitely a process. There you go. Kyle Westmoreland, Air Force Academy grad, served five years active duty in the Air Force, professional golfer. And what I would like to thank you for your service first and foremost, but really, you know, thank you for continuing, continuing to be a a huge advocate for those veteran organizations out there and being a role model to everybody else to look up to. Well, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Shoot. Your, uh, your resume is much better than mine. So I appreciate you and thanks for all that you've done.